first, I didn't get to mention, but where'd you get that shirt? It's so cute. Our founding father, Mama Japara, sent me this from the Disneyland. Thank you for noticing. I think she felt sorry for me because I'd never been. (laughs) Okay, let me ask you this, Melanie, before we intro the show. Yeah. Now, is there any way we could do some sort of retreat? I've been thinking about this. How can we get together sometime, some year? We We can meet What's halfway between your Melbourne Melbourne and and California? What's between that? I don't know, but we should look at a map. I love this plan. We do a little riding retreat or just a sunbaking retreat. (laughs) Do people still allow (laughs) sunbaking? You know, is that a a correct term (laughs) to We can bake. We can bake in the sun. You remember, I don't know if it was the same for you growing up, but man, we just used to lay out in the sun for fucking hours. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. But no, I I wholeheartedly support this. uh, I don't know about this year, but some year for sure. Some year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she just had to panic buy an apartment. So this may not be the year, but let me tell you this. The day I sell a book and I have some money coming in from this, wild horses will not hold me back from coming to see you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Universe, listen to me. Universe, Mm -hmm. let this bitch sell a book. Let this bitch sell a book. Thank you. (laughs) No, wait. I'm, I'm, wait, no, I'm being, thank you, universe, that Melanie (laughs) has sold a book. Oh, she accepts it, and she is grateful. She is grateful, and she's wearing our founding father's T-shirt. So you know, I we I should explain that when we were chatting in DMs today, and you know, if you listen to our pod at all, you know our mama Japara is an icon, and this podcast wouldn't exist without her. But I can't remember why. But I was like, why did I say it to start with? She's out. Oh, because we wanted to have her back on to talk about a yeah. new book. Yeah, And we were like, well, of course we have to have her back all the times because she's our founding father. She's a part of this podcast. She is. She is the heart and soul, the fabric, the spine, yes. the breastplate, if you will. To which uh, I cackled long and hard when you replied, yes, ask daddy now. <laughs> she is our daddy. <laughs> daddy needs to be on the show when daddy's second <laughs> book, The Kinsey Project, comes out. So what? we will have daddy on. <laughs> Why am I suddenly picturing that guy, um, Pedro Pascal? <laughs> oh, I, I, anytime I think of daddy, he's who I think That's of. why, probably because I know that. So <laughs> is it, there's a merge happening here of Dada Japara. <laughs> yes, yeah. she's She gives off daddy energy, that Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody, officially. Um, you heard it here first. Melanie is going to sell a book, and when she does... We're having a getaway. Yeah. I really and want to do Hawaii, so maybe I'll come to you. I've never been to Hawaii. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously not this year because Melanie already said no to this year. Well, no, hopefully this year. No, I'm saying yes to this year. <laughs> I'm saying yes to any year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, she is saying once she sells a book, so... Yeah, universe pay attention yeah and even in our discord the girls were saying like they would love like a publishing persuasion retreat like so one day we'll make it happen for sure 
I don't want to put pen to paper right this second, but I commit to making a future plan. <laughs> I can at least do that. <laughs> I like where you're going. Okay, yes. I I okay, Hawaii. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. I love it. I love this for us. I do. Yeah, and you would know places because you lived there. I did. I I just remembered. Tell me one cool Hawaii story that I would that like obviously I wouldn't know, but like tell me like a favorite memory or like or like a shocking memory, something embarrassing, whatever comes to mind. Something like Okay, well, here's the thing. (laughs) So I moved to Hawaii. So on a on a whim. Well, not really, but my parents moved my parents moved there on a whim. They Mm. thought they went there once on vacation and thought, hey. This place is great. Yeah. Let's pack the house and move. Um, so- I love that they did that firstly, because weirdly, Hawaii is one of those, I guess, just from TV and stuff. It's one of those places, like when we were joking about moving to the mountains, hashtag not joking. <laughs> it's yeah. like one of those places where I'd be like, I'll just move to Hawaii and clean hotel rooms and learn how to surf. <laughs> that's that's pretty much what they did. They um yeah. I was living somewhere else. So we were, mm. most of the kids were older. Um, just my baby sister went with them because she was a baby, in fact. And so mm-hmm. um, they moved and um, just totally embraced Hawaii. Like they just loved it. Mm. Um, and so I went there just to visit and then I just, <laughs> I just never left. Yeah. Um, I lived in like their guest room. And, um, and then I just, I, I had to work. And so I was just like working, living in Hawaii, went to school for a little bit. Where did you work? I need, I need details. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Here's, here's okay. So I worked at like a, a hardware store. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm sorry for laughing. You might be the most craftiest person with tools ever. And I don't know, but. It's not a part of you that I'm aware of. So <laughs> you are catching the vibes. You are correct. Um, it was it was the closest like thing that I could walk to because I didn't even have a car. And we lived on a big island, so there wasn't like a lot of buses and bus stops where I was. Yeah. Um, Did so you get it was hit where... on all the time? Huh? Did you get hit on all the time? Oh, one hundred percent. Because I was, you know, I don't know what twenty. 20, 21. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. But uh, so, <laughs> so there's like a rewards program at this hardware store. And so you say, oh, what's your last name? And you try to, you know, type in their name. Yeah. So for one, I can't spell for shit anyways. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, all these local guys would come in and I'd have to ask them, you know, okay, you know, how to spell their name. And then, yeah. but they'd come in and ask me where things were. Mm. <laughs> let me, this, this hardware store was so small, mind you. I should have known where everything was, but I had no clue. I would just send them <laughs> random directions and act like I knew. And then they would be like, oh, it's over this way. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I worked at a local hardware store and then um, I danced. And so that's what I was doing up in Hawaii. What were we talking about? Oh, cool things in Hawaii. Cool things, like a really memorable memory or a shocking memory, whichever the spirit moves you. 
I don't know. Oh, okay. So on the big island, it's it's very volcanic, like on like the main like Kona side. Yeah. And so there's certain pockets or like beaches that are really nice and really smooth. But the one that was closest to me, and I can't even freaking remember the name of it, mm. uh, but was real. It was pretty like it was small. And then the waves would come in pretty hard. Oh. And when I first moved there, like I was trying to act like I knew how to be in the ocean. The ocean, <laughs> ocean taught me a lesson. Oh, so I, shit. You don't yeah. want to fuck with the ocean. Oh, she I went vengeful. Bitch. She is a bitch. She is a yeah. bitch. I went in and that wave, <laughs> that wave took me out. I mean, it slammed me and I went tumbling up, oh my to, gosh. up the shore. And like a local boy had to come up and be like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, and like out, everything was like off. Your titties came out. <laughs> of course he came up to check if you're okay. He needed a closer look. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was out. I oh was my exposed. gosh! But he, no, he honestly looked horrified because I got my ass kicked on. Poor thing. You got dumped. You got dumped out I, onto the sand. I never went swimming in that beach again. I. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. That's like um hilarious, Bill. So I'm glad you're alive because Hawaii beaches, from what I've seen on TV, are like full on. Like people die. There's like reefs and stuff, yeah. Like, or is that yeah. just certain yeah. places? Certain places. Some places have way a lot bigger waves. Um, this was not <laughs> as big, but it's still late now. <laughs> I'm just cackling so hard at this image of the sea just literally spitting you out, and you're just like this naked mermaid's like gasping for air because you nearly died. <laughs> Dude, I had stand up my ass crack for a week. <laughs> oh my gosh. I yeah. live for this story. Um, since you've shared this story, you have triggered my latent suppressed memories. I also have a story of my much smaller titties popping out, which I will grace the podcast with now. Um, mine was a really awkward um end of school situation oh and you know she had just gotten a new swimsuit <laughs> she barely had bosoms Angela they were even smaller than they were they were mosquito bites you know but they were there and um I thought I was so hot in my new swimsuit and I was like strode into the ocean as you do you know you feel hot shit when you oh, yes. stride She'd shaved her legs with her new Venus glide. Oh, <laughs> remember yeah. when they first came out with the little bit, the little oh, yeah. bar that foamed up for you? Ooh, yeah, it was lush. And um, yeah, I thought I was looking hot. Ran into the ocean, and I like I could like see people like watching me running. I thought I was so brave. I was the first one to run in the cold sea, and Ooh. I dunked myself under, and I rose out of the sea. And the bathing suit, much like what I'm wearing right now, did not rise with me. <laughs> sorry for acting it out. So sorry for acting it out. I got a visual. I visualized what happened. <laughs> yes. So who knows how many eyes saw my little bitty mosquito bites. But at that age, it's like. Oh, how old were you? How old were you? I must have been 
it was like year 12. So I would have been like, I guess 18, 17, 17. I was younger. Oh yeah. The shame was high. The shame (laughs) was high. The shame was high. I never, I think I was like flustered for months (laughs) But luckily it was the end of school so I didn't have to face anyone like that was the end of year school trip yeah oh so okay so the the students your your classmates were there the entire school was there it was the end of school (laughs) beach thing so that's what I I don't know how many eyes saw if any but fortunately I was able to lay low for the rest of the day and never see any of them again (laughs) That was it. It was the last year of school and it was the last holiday thing. So there you go. Wow. Wow. And they were suffered. Yeah, we we suffered. When we meet in Hawaii, we will not be in the ocean. We'll just be sitting there baking. (laughs) (laughs) Although ironically, later when I went to college, it became the fashion to like run naked into the sea. So like Uh, you know, yeah. trends change. <laughs> <laughs> Let them be free, frolic with those chichis out. <laughs> the chichis oh, and the tatas were out. Yes. Um, Let them but yeah, free. what a glorious start to this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How are things in Riderland? Good, good. Today was a very, very busy day. I finished with the help of my agent, Larissa, who we've had on the show. Yeah. Who was amazing. Love her. Um, she has been busting her ass to help me mm. get this pitch together. So like she's been reading, we've just been going back and forth, tweaking things. Um, but tomorrow we're going to send it to joy revolution and I don't, we'll see, we'll see if they. Okay. Well like- now I'm going to do like a little, I don't know, like a little ritual. Okay. Universe. <laughs> We are manifesting. <laughs> I didn't know there was a tea towel here. <laughs> the first the thing... universe loves a tea towel. The universe loves <laughs> the towels. universe will get what it gets. Okay. Yeah. That's yes. really exciting. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I I, I have no idea. I have it, a good feeling. Yeah, I, I'm honestly I, I like this book. I think it could be really mm. very fun and magical and like mysterious mm. and, and wonky and weird. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. So that's what I've been doing today. How about you? What have you been up to? Oh, yes. I did something fun today too. Good. Um, Good. I also sent something off. Uh-huh. So I got an email yesterday from uh-huh. Jason Henderson, who is the editor of the anthology I got into. Yes. The Castle of Horror One. So yes. it was my edits on my piece. Oh, my God. So he yeah. sent you edits already and then you have been working on them? I didn't know this, bitch. No, I wanted to surprise you. I just finished it. So he sent it like late last night and I was like, okay, oh. I better not touch it because my brain was too foggy at night. But like, honestly... I've already done. I've already sent it off. Wow. Yes. And I just have to tell you this email that he sent me. Oh, like I just, it's just like writer crack. I'm not going to lie. I forgot what it was like to have people appreciate your work. <laughs> like, uh, hear me out. 
like we're always sending stuff off and yeah. like getting critique. The email yes. he sent yeah. me back, it was like so. Oh my gosh, should I just read it to you? Is that wanky? Yeah, please. it's short. It's short. Oh, it was a balm to my soul. Oh, it was good. a freaking balm to my soul. And that's why I waited till the morning, even though a part of me was like, oh my gosh, I have to send it straight away. Yes. <sighs> Melanie, thank you. So I feel like such a wanker reading it. Sorry. No, no. But I just no. want you to feel what I felt. Melanie, yes, thank you for this wonderful dark char character study. I think this is an amazing concept and would also make a great dark comic. Oh, oh, yes, it would. I love how the main character is still metamorphizing in the end. I've made a few minor edits. If you like, you can reverse them. If you're fine with them, you don't have to go through and accept. I can do all that. I've left the accents and the words British, but changed the spellings to American just for consistency with the other stories. But if that doesn't suit you, you're welcome to reverse them. In the end, it's your work. Thank you again for this story. After this proof soon. <laughs> oh, my God. That, like, it's like, hey, I love this story so much. If you want, you can accept these edits, but yes. you don't have to. <laughs> Like, because when... it's great, it's perfect, it's good. Oh, when was the a... last time you heard that in our industry? Never. It doesn't Absolute happen. Never. No, never, damn it. That is amazing. It was Woo! so, like, Woo! it was such a, like, wonderful thing to hear. And, yeah, so this morning I woke up when Phil left and I was, like, wide awake. So I was, like, yeah, I'll just crack it out straight away. And, yeah, it was really just minor, minor here and there. Which yeah. is just like satisfying because I worked my ass off on that story. Um, and it was weird reading it back. I was in such a different mindset when I wrote it. It is dark. Like yeah. I had chills reading it back. I chilled at my own words like uh, several times. Because I think when I wrote it, I was watching like keeps like going through a super cult binge, keep sweet, pray and obey. And like yeah. all these like cult docos where like, these like horrible, horrible like men like just twist people's minds, you know, and like take advantage of usually young women. And I was just like fucking burning, you know, watching. I, I watched too many in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when this opportunity came up and the theme for this anthology was revenge. Yes. And I just fucking went with it. Like, and it is... Yeah, it it goes all it goes as dark as I could think for revenge. So, damn, I haven't read it, so I am so freaking excited. Yeah, because I know Katya read it and she was like raving about it. So you know, it's and here for you like whenever you're ready for it. But I know you also have a lot on your plate, so there's no rush. Yes. Wait, wait. Do we? I don't know. I think I've asked you this, but when? When is like a pub date? Like, do we have a date? No, I don't think we have a specific date yet, but you know, I'll be tooting about it once I do. Yeah. As but you proof's coming soon. I think it's going to all be quite quick. Yeah. And then a cover. And then a cover. And then Katya said they do launch stuff. You have to. You have to. Oh, I will. Luckily, we've been training for the podcast. So, oh. like, I'll be there with bells on. Yes. Phil's going to have a shirt made of something. He's going to have to have some, your face. He needs to wear a shirt with your face on it. <laughs> he has uh -oh. a shirt. Sorry, that's my kids calling. Oh, that's cute. 
Um, I just have to remind you, he has a shirt with my face on it and your face. Oh, well, we don't need my face on it. We need your face. We'll just put a sticker over yours. <laughs> Honestly, I love that. I think you <laughs> No, but it was, it's so exciting. And like, it was funny talking to Emma today and she was just saying how like, it's literally when you get to the point and you're just like, you almost forget that you're waiting for stuff that it all happens like I was just kind of like oh I guess I'll hear from them at some point but I remember at one point over the holidays going I wonder if I've missed the email like the follow-up email for something I was like but I don't want to be that person who's like hey where's my email (laughs) where's my email bitches I'm waiting yeah um so I waited and and yeah then I after the new year it's like people are awake again, right? Like it really is yeah. like Emma said, like people, people uh, disappear in publishing over that period. That's the truth right there. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's back and like emails are starting to flow again. So hopefully the universe is listening and good things, good emails. Plenty I more- know. But yeah, um, either way, it's just was like a good, I don't know why. I think we're both similar like this, but like, I tend to just like forget all the cool stuff I've done, all the cool stuff I'm doing. Is it real? Yeah. Like, honestly, like I <laughs> had a little cry to myself after I edited it today because I was like, wow, who wrote this? Like, mm-hmm. who the fuck wrote this? This is like, it's like, it, and I, I'm, it's not to say like writing that dark. I don't think it's me as a general, but I am fucking proud of having written it and like, yeah, like I was kind of just like, whoa, Pastor Mel, you just put it all on the page. Like you just, you just went. <laughs> so that yeah. was like a really nice feeling because it's, yeah, I think because of the nature of the industry with lots of waiting and like lots of grinding and quiet, it's, uh, it is nice to have those checkpoints. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so exciting. That's so fun. Woo! La, 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 la. <laughs> So that's so I cannot wait to hear more and like all the fun stuff that's I know. In, you know who like is Katya doing it? Yeah, yeah. She's she's okay, in cool. the same she's in the same group as me. Oh my gosh. That's so freaking fun. Yes. I will I will get more, you know, like it's Castle Bridge Media, Castle of Horror Anthology. I can't remember which volume we're doing because there's been a bunch of them. Um, I feel like we're like volume 12 or something. So it's been going for a while. So oh, yeah, I feel cute. very excited to be part of it. And apparently as well, I was feeling like a bit of a dork because like my ability to read horror like hinges on, you know, the alignment of the freaking moon and like what, what I saw that day and just like my like I have a really low tolerance as a general, but then there's days where I'm like, oh, I could read anything and not be phased by it. Some days you just feel, do you know what I mean? Some yeah, days yeah. your tolerance is different depending what's going on in your life, in the world. And, but yeah, as a general, I'm a bit of like softy when it comes to how dark I can go. And I felt like a bit of a fraud, mm. especially given how dark I've written, but apparently it's really common amongst horror writers. I was talking to a few friends I think Devona was telling me that, that it's it's super common for horror writers to be able to write really dark, but not read or watch horror stuff much Isn't at all. something? 
isn't that something? Yeah, but it made sense to me because when you're writing it, you're in control. Mm, yeah, of that world. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. You and you can explore your own fears without having to like actually <laughs> deal with them. I like that. That felt like very that. profound. Well, you, you know, Ellie, that's just me. I'm just, I'm I had to down. say, before, like, I had to say, like, it is, you are amazing. I felt like you might have needed to hear it again today. Uh, yes, I did. Thank you. Thank you. you. Know? Nobody else in the group chat really wanted to say that to me. And I was just, just waiting. She's the, I was goat the, with the goats. The goat with yeah. the goats. <laughs> Thank you. I was in the group chat listeners, uh, the pub persuasion discord. And, you know, I was just, I was in there and I was saying how our, our guest Camila, who we had on last week was mm. fantastic. And I said, Melanie, you know, she's amazing. She's just the light of my life. She's so special. Okay. And then I waited, I waited for anybody to say you too, Angela, you're great. Nothing. I got nothing. I waited. <laughs> I listen you. <laughs> I thought it was a very specific comment relating to our last episode. It was. Well, well. <laughs> I'm kidding. I really wasn't. I but I thought, I thought, oh, this is going to be a fun joke for me. <laughs> I know. But just in case, I'm going to just say every time I see you now, you're amazing. <laughs> you're the goat. The goat with the goats, I've been calling you. <laughs> I'm the goat with the goats. That is the truth right there. I'm living in the mountains. Now, before I forget, um, have you started to tune into the new RuPaul's? I sure have. Yeah. Okay, do you have a favorite yet? Okay, I just have to, like, fangirl for a second. The talent this year, can we talk about how next level it is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like There's only I... one episode, right? Just the one? Just one. Yeah. But it blew, it blew my RuPaul sphincter. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe I want to try again. It blew my, it blew my drag race cloaca. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was freaking waiting for it. Blew it out the water. Um, <sighs> the, I, I can't remember names, but the one who did the opera with yes. the comedy, with the, it, oh my gosh. That yes, floored me. Like I was so, so clever. And yeah. the one that did the puppet thing. Yes. The ballet puppet. Oh my gosh. The girls. I was laughing hysterically. They so yeah, yeah. They're so good this year. So. Do you have a fave? Um, I kind of feel. I don't. Not yet. Not mm. yet. It's like, one. I felt, I felt like last season. Like I had faves right away, like Anitra mm. and um, oh my gosh, the girl that won. I can never remember names. Yeah, I'm so me bad. Neither. But like I like I had so many favorites like right off the bat. This yeah, one yeah. I'm not sure. I gotta wait to see the other girls. Yeah, first. they're taking I'll... longer to warm up, but they yeah. knocked us out of the park with their talent. Their talent was so good. Oh, the one girl that had, you could see her, oh, oh at the end when they were like singing for their lives and yeah. her, her titties, the girl. <laughs> That's the one who did the opera. I. Yeah. The funny thing was before Michelle made those jokes about like, where did she get those titties from? Or something like. Oh, it was like, um, 
Like a baby store? Like like, uh, Titty Mattel or something. Titty Titty Mattel or something, yeah. Because they were like, they were like doll. It was like, they should have been here, but they were here and like here. Yeah. Her (laughs) titty. And I think it came out. They came out when she was dancing. They were just (laughs) flapping. I was like, dying. the stage. Yes. (laughs) That was too good. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah me and alicia and i we were cracking up when those titties yeah. just flying i wonder if that bit at the end was part of the show because yeah they were so stretchy around the neck i wondered if it was on purpose i don't know i don't know but whatever it was those things she needs to she needs to get a bigger size she needs a bigger size it's so yeah. funny when they like have something like so much so polished and then this like one random thing is just like sketchy. <laughs> so, so <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I swear. Oh, me too. I'm glad. I needed a new season. I'm also yeah. watching um embarrassingly. There's this like, oh, it's like not even B grade, it's C grade model show on Netflix. Oh, the girls are so bitchy. <laughs> Oh, I love so it. catty, but I just like I had insomnia the other night, and you kind of just need something that's like that vapid. Yeah, and I was just like, "This is." I have to remember the name. I'll send it to you after when you need something super vapid. What are you watching at the moment? Um, oh, I'm I'm doing a lot of reading, to be honest. Yes, and even so better. Really yeah. So, um, one of my dear friends, uh, Carolina Gomez, mm. she's going on sub and yes. um, reading or she's on sub I, apologies okay but detail her, dance for Catalina manifesting yes, she's on sub. <laughs> she um her like uh name on instagram is writing something serious mm. i am reading it's a it's a young adult horror Ooh. but my god this bitch she can write she's good she's good Ooh. so i'm reading um her book that's on sub um you know just for funsies and um she was like yeah if you have anything to critique and I'm like there is nothing that's good Ooh, you know yeah, that's gonna be music to her ears it's so it's so good so um she she's just a great person like she's read mm. both my books and beta read for both of them so far um so like of course I'm gonna read anything let's get her on yeah I love her on the show That'd be fun. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, so that'd be fun. I'd love that. So I'm reading that. And then uh, Armando and I are watching Peaky Blinders. Ah, I've heard of it, but I haven't tuned in. Yeah, it's on Netflix. So um, what what's the vibe? It's like, um, it's like very British. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know what year this would be like 1920s. Oh, and like, um, what's the word? Like bookies, you know, like gambling and, ah. and stuff. So it's like real tough and like dudes, and there's like you know smoking and lots of smoking, lots yeah, of whiskey. Yeah. It's like right up Armando's alley. He loves it. He thinks it's so great. I'm just over there, like, well, where's the romance? When's the kissing? You know, there's so far there's been a little kiss. I didn't know it was from so long ago. I thought, man, I not that I even know about it. Now I have to Google it. Yeah, no, it's honestly the acting is so, so good. Really? Uh, yeah, so it's, 
yeah, it's so good. Like, mm. I, obviously, I, I'm waiting for the romance, but it's okay because the acting, mm. superb. The storyline's great. So, mm. yeah. Speaking really of good. romance, if you like this idea, I think you will, or you can blackball it. I thought <laughs> it would be cool. Let's bring her back in the frame. This is my extra copy. I thought it would be cool if we did for like, I love rewarding our loyal listeners. Like if they make it this far through our shit, somebody should win a copy. But I was thinking if it's someone in Australia, I'll send one. If it's someone in America, you send one and we can do it a couple times, depending how many copies you want to, I know you have a few. Did you still want to give a few away? Yeah, I'm ready. Anytime. Yeah, so if it's someone in Australia, I'll send my copy or any on this side of the hemisphere. But if they're <laughs> on your side, I'm like, let's not double up and send it back to America. <laughs> yes. Because <yeah. laughs> it's a rarity here in Australia still. Yes. Although yes. I feel like I saw on Amazon that paperback is releasing soon on Amazon Australia. Do you know anything about that? I do not. I know that we will have a paperback version in the States um, mm. in December, which is a while from now, but I do not know about mm. Australia. I might, I don't know I'll how have that to works. Google again. I feel like it had the option to pre-order it for like February or something paperback, but maybe it was a mistake, but either way I'll order more when they come. It was like, and it's so much cheaper once they're paperback. So I'm like, we'll yeah. give away more copies then as well. But um, yeah, well, so in case yeah. I didn't say it, I'm holding the Sinner's Isle hardback copy first edition by the queen herself the ghost with the ghost so if if you've made it this far and you'd like and you are in uh melanie's hemisphere just go ahead and dm her yeah Yeah, dm her titties titties out the first one to dm us titties not a picture (laughs) no (laughs) no let's clarify we, we don't want pictures of TTs and PPs entering our DMs. Although you no. seem to get those. Yeah. Send us some send us some TTs, okay? Send us a little uh just just type in titties and that's yes. it. Don't say anything else. Just type in titties. <laughs> and you will win a copy of Cinezile. Although yes. they're gonna want your copy because you'll be able to sign yours. Yeah. Well, okay, if you're in the States. You just DM me with some and say titties and that's it. And I will send you a signed copy. Um, but in the meantime, let's go ahead and um, and do our guest bio because we have to we have to brag all about Miss Emma because her freaking book. God, it sounds good. And she's okay. wonderful. She's perfect. So let's do this. Um, actually, I think, Melanie, it's your turn. Oh, my gosh. OK, I'm on it. <clears throat> Emma R. Alban writes, your name just popped up. Can, can you not be up in there? You, you want me to leave? Can you not be up in the Google Doc when I'm reading? I feel I feel That's so weird. Okay, fine. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't know. It just surprised me when I saw you. Yeah, get out. <clears throat> Emma R. Alban writes, queer historical romance about finding yourself falling in love and making a loving world a uh, loving world for you your family and your friends she also writes tv drama about all of the above and sometimes vampires 
Raised in the Hudson Valley, she now lives in Los Angeles, enjoying the eternal sunshine, ocean, and mountains. When she isn't writing, she can usually be found stress baking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because you know why? Because two of our recent bios mentioned stress baking. So I'm just wondering, I want to ask our guests, are they okay? <laughs> Sorry. See you there? Hello? Oh, yeah, I'm here. You're there. Because oh. I can't see you. Okay, I'll shut up. I'm being quiet. She can usually be found stress baking with the AC on full blast, skiing late in the spring, and reading anywhere there's somewhere to learn. Lean. Anywhere there's somewhere to lean. Sorry. Her debut novel, Don't Want You Like a Best Friend, will release from Avon Books on January 9th, 2024. Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday's not in the bio. I should have made a cleaner break. I'm just going to leave, leave the bios for you to read from now on because my reading was chaotic. No, but what is it with the stress faking? Is that like a trending uh, term? I don't know. If I'm stressed, I'm not baking, okay? Are you I'm not? not <laughs> no. What are you doing I when you're stressed? I don't know. I'm probably just staring into the abyss. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so true. I'm laughing this hard because it's true. You're just like staring into the abyss. You know? Pretty much. That's all I do. I just stare into the abyss. And... It's a valid way to deal with stress. Do you dance when you're stressed? Yeah, I did today, actually. I wasn't stressed, but I was just like, oh, I need to, like, move my body. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good that's a good way. I know you've been dancing a little bit more, I, right? You honestly, it's like it's been, like, changing my days so much because I just felt like I was sitting for two, like, periods that were too long. And that's these, like, crusty bones of mine get older. You feel yeah. it, yeah, when you sit too long in one position. So I just... um started like grabbing Goose's toy and kind of just like booty dancing as I was playing with her. Thanks. And it's weird because like I can't, I would never say I can dance, but I think I used to not feel the music and I would just be like, mm, you know, you're now I don't care how stupid I look, if yeah. that makes sense. I just let my body feel the music and dancing like that. It's like such, it's almost like yoga. It's like really powerful to like, let your what? <laughs> Nothing. What? We're going oh, to get cut off. She's a ranty well, little bee. Some beautiful dancing movements. Let's dance on into this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched Frasier? You know, when he yes. does that part when a, a joke bombs, like, bomber. <laughs> I just wanted to scream, bomber. To that segue <laughs> hey you know try. <laughs> sorry i've got like eight notifications on the screen <laughs> hi so good to see you you too welcome thank you so much oh we're so excited to have you on and um and thank you for coming on such a like a busy week for you i mean <laughs> you just debuted yesterday <laughs> so that's pretty big <laughs> My absolute pleasure. This is a, a wonderful part of the day and I've been looking forward to it all day. Yay. Oh, we're so excited. How how do you feel? How how was your 
week been so far? Um, overwhelming is the adjective I've chosen. Uh, wonderfully overwhelming, excitedly overwhelming, but just like, I'm still in a bit of a state of shock. Mm-hmm. I went and saw the book in bookstores yesterday and I still don't totally believe that it's there. Like it just doesn't quite feel real. So I'm waiting for that to sink in. Oh, yeah, that's it's wild. It's a really, really exciting, wild experience. So congratulations. Thank you. And congratulations to you as well. And belatedly. But <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. I very, very much. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get in right into our lightning round questions. We want to hit you with the hard stuff first. Um, <laughs> you know, just get all the hard questions out of the way you know, and get to know you even better. Um, okay. First, a hard question. What is the strangest thing you own? Um, I think it's a toss up between my collection of like a hundred playbills, most of which I haven't seen. Um, and my thunder maker that my brother brought back from Indonesia. Cause I was a percussionist for a while. Okay. I was going to ask what's a thunder maker, <laughs> but now I'm- it's like, a shaky thing that makes sound <laughs> it's a it's like a hollow tube and it has a coiled um spring attached to the bottom and you shake the tube and it sounds like thunder oh that's pretty cool, pretty cool. oh yeah. my gosh when do you use it like is it kind of like a meditative thing or is it like before a writing session you're just like i'm gonna bring the thunder <laughs> You know, I haven't because I've been too concerned that it would bother my neighbors or scare someone to be like, why is there thunder in the apartment? But maybe someday if there's a loud party at the very end, I'll shake the thunder maker just to like create mystery as people leave. Oh my gosh. Do you have it? Like, I kind of want to hear it. She's, it sounds like it's loud. (laughs) It's it's in my closet, but I can go grab it. (laughs) Can you? I really want to see. Maybe. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Melanie. Maybe after. Maybe after. after. Yeah, maybe after. Yeah. Have to, uh, lure I'm you thinking out. like, how deep is it in my closet? Can I really get it all down? But yeah. We don't have time for that right now, Melanie. We've got hard questions to ask. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to need to see it at some point. I'm going to yes. need to see it and hear it. And it also gives you an excuse to shake it, like gently shake it. Yes, absolutely. A little gen- <laughs> just a gentle shake. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Oh, well, that's amazing. What What is something you think of way too often? Like, what's your Roman Empire? Right now, it's cruise ships, um, both because I've ended up on, like, North Sea and cruise ship TikTok, but also uh, when I was on submission, I got really into van life videos, and now while I've been waiting for debut, I'm really into cruise ship reviews, and I never want to go on a cruise ship. I get so seasick, but I'm like really invested in the differences between the different like cruise lines and everything now. Isn't that so funny? I, I, I'm i the same. I will never go on a cruise, but it is so, so interesting. And yeah, I love hearing the reviews like it, like it matters to, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like this one has a different couch and I'm like, I'm invested. Why? my parents have become real cruise people in their latter years and they are every year if there's a new cruise so they would be very uh they would know these things I I I feel like I definitely want to go on one because it's like an all expense like you have this one payment and then everything's taken care of that appeals to me (laughs) yeah it's a floating city it's got everything and water slides That's what's fascinating about it, I think. It is like a little city that, like, we haven't explored yet. 
Mm. And it's always a new group of people. So the city changes every cruise. Like it's got a lot going for it. Yes. Yeah, I, I hate how hotels are fascinating, I guess, because of mm-hmm. and airports, because there's always people and the, and they're usually at some, you know, pinnacle of their life going on some adventure. I, don't know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Just looking at people. Yeah. Like just staring at people in their habitat is so interesting. People are weird and great. I feel like cruise just personifies all of that. I would just want to yeah. people watch the whole time, like not do anything, just sit. Mm-hmm. And that defeats the purpose a little bit, but that sounds fun. It's no, it's perfect. It's like you get one person, they're out there just drinking, another one's twerking, <laughs> it's random, like, like, you know, dance off. Like it's just cruise life is just a wild thing. I, anyway, <laughs> we can probably go on about cruises for a little bit. <laughs> I love this. Now, do you have like a favorite place, like somewhere that just makes you feel happy um, to go to, or, you know, even if it's in your apartment? Um, I, I feel like nostalgically, I grew up in Rhinebeck, New York, which is like a small town north of Manhattan on the Hudson River. And I think of that as a very safe, very calm place. It's changed a lot since I grew up there. It's much more expensive, but it's like really picturesque and pretty in winter. Um, and then conversely, like going skiing because you can't think about anything while you're skiing other than not dying. And it's a very meditative experience. So I enjoy that a lot. I respect people who ski and snowboard. Like that is a, (laughs) I am not coordinated enough to do either. (laughs) You'll probably live a much safer, uh, healthier life for it. So that's, yeah, I think that's good. (laughs) I tried to snowboard once and they had to come and and help me off the mountain. (laughs) So... No, I don't do it again. I, I'm not happening. Um, that's a whole nother <laughs> traumatic story. I'm not going to get into right now. It's really but, uh, <laughs> what's okay. Our last question is: If you could be any animal, what would you be? Um, I think I'd like to be an orca. Ooh. Uh, because Ooh. like swimming in the ocean sounds cool. They do a lot of traveling. And also taking down mega yachts sounds really cathartic sometimes. So I'd want to be with those orcas. Which taking down mega yachts? I'm going to need an explanation. Is that a thing? There's like a, there's a pod of orcas that's been attacking like pleasure yachts that have been in their habitats and like disabling their, their rudders and stuff and stranding them at sea. I don't want to be part of the pack that's like destroying them and killing people. I just want to be a nuisance. Um, to the uber wealthy I think that sounds fun oh my gosh down with the rich the orcas are are down with the rich yeah that's like led by one female orca who's like got her whole pod now taking down yachts it's 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 absolutely wild she's like down with humanity these motherfuckers (laughs) polluting my freaking earth pumping shit into my ocean (laughs) she's like you guys when you're on my turf you're going down (laughs) She's fierce and I, I would want to be part of her team. Absolutely. Yes. Oh my God. I feel like I just learned so much about you. Just yes. with that, with that answer alone, I feel like, you know what? Respect, respect. <laughs> I agree. But um, random questions aside, can you tell us a little bit about yourself in general? Uh, so I am a screenwriter and novelist and I live in Los Angeles. Um, I've been here about a decade. Um, I'm mostly, I'm mostly an introvert, very much a homebody. Uh, my my perfect night is like playing board games at someone's house. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love to bake. As mentioned, I really like to ski. Um, 
not in a super serious way, but I like to go a couple times a winter. Um, and I really love to read and write, and that's usually where I can be found. Um, yeah. Well, now, did you know you always wanted to be a writer? I mean, because you are a screenwriter, you say, right? Um, I knew when I was really little, as soon as I found out people wrote the stories, I wanted to be someone that wrote the stories. Um, and as I got older, I tried my hand at writing novels, wrote a really bad novel when I was 19, and then didn't write another one for a, like a decade. And in the intervening years, went on to try to pursue television screenwriting, which is a mountain I'm still climbing my way up. And um, then in like mid-2019, I finally was like, oh, I have an idea for a novel. Maybe I should try to do that again. And mm. five short years later, here we are. <laughs> mm, that's interesting. Do you find like the worlds are quite different between like approaching screenwriting and like book writing? Um, in terms of, certainly in terms of craft, they're very different because you're, one is so external and one is so internal. Mm. Um, and in terms of like, I can write a Victorian mansion, there's Ivy, it's three stories tall and move on in a screenplay. And in a book, obviously you want to set the scene, you want to linger a little more, you can go on side, you know, side quests and little tangents and be in the character's head. And I really love that in terms of writing books, um, but screenplays, it's just a different challenge and you're focused on the dialogue and the um, the functionality of all the scenes. So they're as tight as humanly possible. And I like the challenge of both. And I think working on both has fed back and forth, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and the industries are both very similar and very different. They both have their own foibles, but like everybody's gone for, Thanksgiving until the new year, that's both industries. That is across the board. The time off is very similar, but the rhythms are all very different. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, that's fun though. Like to have like a different world, you know, both worlds that are so similar, but so different and kind of like learning from both. I think that's super, super interesting. Mm -hmm. like, that's really fun, honestly. <laughs> yeah. um, now, okay. So I want to go back to like your, your novel journey mm -hmm. was your debut novel, was that the first like book you completed and queried and went on submission with? Or um, like, tell us your journey to publication, if you don't mind. So uh, Don't Want You Like a Best Friend was not the first book that I queried or submitted. Uh, so I wrote a book at the end of 2019 going to 2020 um, that was a historical romance. And that is actually what got me my agent. And we went on sub with that in 2021 and it died a very slow death on sub, which is totally fine. That's how it goes. And while that was on submission, I wrote, don't want you like a best friend. And then early winter 2022, I sent it to my agent. We did a little work. And then in April, 2022, we went on sub with don't want you like a best friend. And oh no, May, 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 2022, we went on sub with don't want you like a best friend and it sold in the middle of June and we, decided to go with Avon at the end. So that was very fast as compared to like that slow death on sub the year before. So it was mm. very different experiences. Oh mm. my gosh, totally. But I like, I l l don't love, but I love hearing this because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you, so often we talk about sub or like even queering, but like sub, and there is this potential for the book that you go on sub with, the book that you've worked so hard on just to get an agent with. And then, you know, you have all these hopes and dreams and then it goes on sub and then it doesn't get picked up. And so 
it's such a hard time just being on sub in general. How did you like mentally, you know, while you're on sub also write something else? Cause I know when I was on sub, I had, I had the worst time focusing. Like all I could think of was being on sub. So how did you like creatively do it? Um, I think it helped that I didn't start writing Don't Want You Like a Best Friend until maybe four or five months into the submission process. Like that first month, I was on the edge of my seat, just every email that came in, I was waiting. And then, you know, as time starts to creep by, it was, I, I want to be working on something else. I, I, I need to fill my time. I need to not focus on my Gmail. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the act of writing was actually really distracting. And that was my way of handling the stress was just to be like, I'm going to do this. We're going to write, we're going to write. And I worked on a couple projects that year. Don't want you like the, a best friend being the second half of the year and the successful half of the year. But I writing something is just how I, that's how I dealt with being on submission to agents. That's how I dealt with being submission to editors is just go on to the next thing. Um, Cause that's, I've always dealt with anxiety by writing. So it just mm. uh, made it more intense to do it on submission, I would say. <laughs> Mm, I really love your attitude, though, towards it just being like, oh, it happens. Like, I'm sure that was a hard place to arrive to. <laughs> like, it's very easy now to be like, oh, yeah. it was fine. Uh, it was certainly devastating. But it was also like mm. by the time we went on submission with Don't Want You Like a Best Friend, we still hadn't heard. Technically, we still haven't heard from five editors we went out to. I'm assuming it was a pass by now. You never like, know. You never know. It, it wasn't concrete like it just kind of ended mm. and I guess much like being ghosted in a relationship you're just sort of like well okay I'm gonna pick up the pieces and go on mm. um but yeah it it just for anybody who is an author like it happens things die on sub and that doesn't mean they're dead forever and it doesn't mean that you failed it can just be like not quite the right time mm. that's exactly it. yeah yeah and like no project is a wasted project. I mean, every single yeah. thing we work on kind of blends into the next projects and, and helps you grow into being a better writer and human. And so, um, you know, like I, I never regret any of the things mm -hmm. that I try writing and fail at um, because it always <laughs> like, at least it teaches me like, oh, no, I wasn't good at that after all. Let me let me go back to what I, I know, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. And I think realistically, like if you want to chase it as a career, that's something I think we have to get used to. Like, that's why I really appreciate that mindset. It's something that I've been learning myself, just like, yeah, you're going to have rejections. Like at every stage, it's just going to be part of the career. Like <laughs> you're going to have to write more books if you want to do it as a career. Like it's going to be, it's just part of it. And it's like, yeah, it's cool to see that you're, you've come to that place. Where you're just like, yeah, <laughs> it was part of it. Thank you. I will say I had close to a decade of uh, not having things sell for film and TV. Mm -hmm. And that very much hardened my heart to rejection and publishing. But at the same time, I will say when someone says, oh, this pilot isn't for us, but give us your next thing. Mm. I can go write a pilot and come back in a month when an editor says not this one, but maybe the next book. It's like oh, that that is a bigger ask. Mm -hmm. So it, the yeah. publishing ones yeah. hurt more for sure. Oh, that oh, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, I'm sure I don't know the length of a pilot versus a novel, but I I know what a novel is and it's a lot. So yeah, that makes total sense. Pilot sixty pages and ah, they're okay. like mm. one point eight spaced. Like it's 
they're hard to write, but it's not nearly the same amount of writing that needs to go into a, a book. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Man, but not as much of a heart crush. Yeah. But like all of the rejections, all of the no's really and truly, you know, make you into a better writer and a better human. Like I was mentioning earlier, I mean, I think of all the times, like the first book I wrote and I was like, oh yeah, this is it. And all so many no's, rightfully so, but like so many, but I feel like each time I heard that no, and it would kind of either not set me back, but it would make me think harder about the projects that I wanted to work on and understand like, okay, they said no because of this reason. Let me work on that and tweak that and learn some more. And so um, like, I always love hearing from authors and their journeys. And, and most authors have this long journey of so many no's until you get that huge <laughs> yes. And, um, and you got the huge yes. You have your book <laughs> right behind you. And um, I love, like, as soon as I saw your cover, however many months ago that was, and I read the premise. I was just, I was gagged. I was ready. Like <laughs> it you. sounds so stinking good. So can you tell us about your amazing story? Thank you. Uh, yes. So this is Don't Want You Like a Best Friend. Um, probably backwards. Uh, it is a uh, sapphic Victorian parent trap about two debutantes who team up in 1857 to get their widowed parents together instead of finding husbands themselves and inevitably end up falling in love with each other in the process and chaos ensues. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> That's all you had to say. It's perfect, perfect. <laughs> that sounds so cool. Was there something specific that inspired you for this story? Um, so I, while the first book was on sub and I was trying to come up with another historical romance, I had this idea for like a rakish duke and a widowed countess and, they would fall in love. And I couldn't get further than that. I was like, there's nothing interesting here. I don't know what the premise is. And I had this vague thought, oh, well, what if they both had daughters? That would really make it more dynamic. And then very quickly, I was like, oh, what if it was the daughter's story? Oh, what if they, oh, what if they fell in love while parent trapping their parents? And it was just like, that's mm -hmm. the book. Ah. And it was just a stroke of of imagination. And I don't know where it came from, but it was very exciting and very fun to write. Oh um, my God. I can only imagine like the things <laughs> that ensues in that story. <laughs> yes. And I have they, to tell you, um, rakish is one of my favorite words. So thank you for mentioning <laughs> it on the podcast. I don't know why I welcome. have an obsession with like, he's a rake. <laughs> it just slays me. I think we need to bring it back into this modern generation. What a rake. I know like. That would be so wonderful because it's it's not as mean a word as other things you can say. Yeah, like, yeah, you're a playboy, but usually you're a rake with a heart of gold. Like I feel like it has a positive Woo! connotation. Not, I mean, in the darker romance space, I'm sure it doesn't. But in more of the historical romance space, he's always a rake until he meets the right woman, and then or the right person, That's depending it, on the it? genre you're reading in. Yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, I want it. I, yeah. I need it right now. You've you blown my mind. That's the difference. The rake is just waiting for the one. He's He doesn't really want these other bitches. He's just like, they just think he's so awesome because the rake is always clever and funny and charismatic. Like, he's just, he can't help it. <laughs> so we have a she it's rake a in this book. Do we have a she rake? 
So uh, Gwen's father, Dashiell, is a bit of a rake. Mm-hmm. And Beth's mother, Cordelia, is a bit closed off and very, um, oh, what word would I use for Cordelia? Um, very careful, very cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you find out that they also have a past together. And perhaps in that past, she was not always the way she is. And you sort of figure out why she is much more controlling and cautious with Beth than maybe she was when she was in her 20s. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or nine, 18, 19. Ooh. Okay. There are layers here. <laughs> and I am loving that. <laughs> I love, like, it feels like, um, you know, those stories, and I always love those where it can be like both the teenagers and the adults watch together or read together or watch together. And it's like a pleasure because it has so many different like storylines. This is what is it's giving me right now. And I'm so freaking excited to read it. Okay. Thank you. I will say older teens, if teens are going to read this book, there is some on page spice. It's open door, not super open door, but there, there is on page spice. So please read with discretion if you're reading with anyone under the age of 18. Beautiful. Because I know all of us found different things on the internet at different ages. Like it is unique to each reader, mm. but you know, have those conversations decide for yourselves. Oh yeah. I was stealing Daniel Steele off my sister's shelf. Like, I don't know, at 14. <laughs> I still remember. Fan fiction. Oh yes. You lose innocence very early. Uh, if you, <laughs> if you read it, it just, it happens and you're like, oh, that's what that is. And yeah. So oh. Did you have any like favorite fanfics, like, uh, you know, ships that you had when you were growing up or, um, even, now, I, or even now? I, uh, I cut my teeth on, I think we called them Lucali at the time, Lorelai and Luke. That was like my very first fandom. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it still has a very special place in my heart. Um, I was very into uh, Castle in my like late teens, early twenties, um, I was very into um, Good Omens for a hot second, um, and then most recently, I got deeply into Maleficent over the pandemic. Oh. There's a lot of like Maleficent and her Raven servant having like complicated emotional relationships, and I found that really interesting. Mm. I also like to like watch something and be like, I bet someone's done lore on that, and go read really complicated world building fix, but often in fandoms where you're going to assume it's just smut. So yes, which is very valid. That is a good and important part of fan fiction, but mm-hmm. I'm usually there for like, what have they done with beauty and the beast? That's like 400,000 words long, not other things that you could read about beauty and the beast, but mm-hmm. that's also cool if that's what you want to read. So, Oh my God. I love this. I love this journey <laughs> for you. I love everything about it. <laughs> it makes me so happy, but it, it isn't, isn't it fun? Like when you're watching a show or, um, you know, just like experiencing a movie or whatever, like your brain does start going there and you, your brain just automatically gives you what you want, you know? And so that's yes. why it, like, we love a good fanfic because it, it gives us all what we need and what we didn't get yes. from whatever show we were experiencing. So heck mm. yeah. <laughs> okay. I know you also have another book on the way. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, so the sequel to Don't Want You Like a Best Friend, You Are the Problem, It's You, uh, comes out mm-hmm. August 27th, 2024. Um, and it is uh, also a standalone, but spiritually a sequel uh, about Beth and Gwen's cousins 
who are Bobby and James, who are going through their own season in 1858 and just trying to survive and find a way to be queer and happy in Victorian London and have no idea that their wonderfully chaotic and mischievous cousins may have something else in mind. And it's what happens. That is a great title, by the way. I love that so much. It's so <laughs> cheeky. But that was uh, my publishing team, and they are amazing. So I'm very grateful to them for that. Yeah. Okay. You, is the cover on your website for that one? Or uh, is- yes, it is oh, okay, at the bottom okay. of the books page. We're yeah. not. I haven't been talking about it that much yet because we're, you know, mm. book yeah, one. But it the- is <laughs> the promotion for this. But it is on NetGalley and Edelweiss if people are looking to read, and it's available for request. Mm-hmm. And it's coming, I mean, it's coming out rather quickly for, um, you know, just having this book out. Like, how was the process of, you know, writing that story, focusing on that, and then moving on to the second one? Is Was it pretty fast? Like, did you already have the second book done? I didn't have it done, but when we submitted Don't Want You Like a Best Friend, we submitted it as a standalone, but with a one-page, if you'd like to do another book... And Avon signed on for both books, which was incredible. And so as soon as we were done editing Don't Want You Like a Best Friend, um, I turned around and did the outline for Don't for You're the Problem, It's You. And just basically, we did one round on the outline, and then I went into drafting. And so it was basically one year on Don't Want You Like a Best Friend, one year on You're the Problem, It's You. Mm-hmm. And we just finished proof on that in late November. So that's locked. We're done with book two. Uh, editorially, there's still a lot to do otherwise. Um, it just felt very continuous and like I was on the same conveyor belt, just like the characters changed. Yeah. Um, but it certainly was fast. And the more people I talk to, the more people I understand it's not that common. I know rapid release happens, but not uh, all the time. Mm. So, yeah. well, you got to give that's the people really cool. what they want. Yeah. The people. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, do you have a writing or query tip that you kind of, well, mostly writing tip that you rely on as you go about your writing? <laughs> um, I guess it's sort of like a, a between writing and query tip, which is hmm. just always be writing. That, that, that was what worked for me to always be working on something, but particularly with traditional publishing where there's all this downtime that if you're not immediately working on like your next contracted book and you have an idea, write it. It's never going to hurt you to have done it. It'll help you deal with the waiting because that I think is a skill authors have to learn because there is so much more of it than you really think there's going to be. 18 months is a long time or two years between sale and publication. So finding a way to control your anxiety is important. And I think working on the next thing, because then you never know when you're going to want to have an outline or have a pitch ready to go to your agent. And if you've already done it, it's worthwhile. Oh, that's such a great, that's honestly fantastic advice. Um, I'll be using that myself. Thank you. I need to give that myself. Um, what has been like the hardest part of your writing journey so far? Um, I, I think for me, it's been learning the business of publishing that um, coming in from film and TV, I sort of had this like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm about. And it was like, oh, no, this is a whole other industry. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. And learning when it was important to ask questions and when I could sort of just be like, you know what, I'm going to hold that. And I'll ask it the next time there's an opportunity, sort of trying to be useful to the process and as helpful as possible without making problems, because Mm -hmm. you don't know what you don't know. And 
you could start asking, going down a whole line of inquiry and someone's going to come back two days later and be like, you don't need to worry about this for eight months. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. sorry. But also being okay with that, being okay with like not knowing and not being, and being wrong sometimes uh, as a perfectionist is something I'm always working on. So mm. just learning the whole industry was the hardest part for me, a joyful part, but also challenging. Yeah. Is there anything that kind of like surprised you that you wish you knew before you were in that position? Um, that silence almost never means nothing's happening. Mm. Um, I think there there is this narrative sometimes with debut authors that if you're not hearing from your team, it means that they're not doing what you expect them to be doing and you need to follow up and you need to be on top of everything. And I think it's important to ask questions when you feel like you need to, and especially to have a good relationship with your agent. So you can go to them and be like, hey, should I be worried that I haven't heard about this? And they can say, ah, nah, and you go, great, and you move on. Um, But that almost every time I was wondering if something was about to happen, I got an email a week later that was like, hey, we did this and these six things, and now we need you to do four things. It was like, oh, okay. And Mm -hmm. so the longer it went, the more I was just able to sit back and be like, I know it's happening on the other side. I don't need to know how it's happening. I just need to know it is. And um, I'm, I also want to say, I know I'm lucky and I'm privileged to have the team I have. They have been 100% on it and spectacular at everything they've done. So I don't want to speak for everyone's experience. It has just been mine. But um, I, I was able to learn to trust them implicitly. And I'm really, really grateful for that. Mm. That's profound. I think that's great. I, you know, it's, I think some people have a really hard time, like releasing the control and, and, and not knowing is part of that because- there's so much that's happening behind the scenes that we really and truly don't know. And probably is really hard for a lot of people behind the scenes to even explain. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I learned that. I feel like a lot, it took me a while to get there, but now that I'm here, like working on book two, I feel like there's a lot more calm this time around of just like, well, it's coming. I already know. Things are <laughs> we'll, we'll get there when we get there. It's good. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. I think it's fantastic. What's been the best part of your experience so far? Uh, I think early readers and people who have already picked up the book since yesterday and finished it. Thank you so much. Um, (laughs) I keep getting notes. They're like, I read it. I'm like, that's, that's just, that's incredible. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, and seeing that like, it means things to people and they've enjoyed the story and they've been giddy and giggling and sad and excited. And that just, it's really cool to see it out in the world. And that's, that's the best part. And that's, I hope what I always am looking forward to is that part of the process that it's out there for readers. And that's why I wrote it. So mm-hmm. it's great that they're enjoying it. Yeah. I love this. I love that so much. Um, what, if you were able to look back and go to a younger version of yourself, is there something you wish you could tell her? Um, I think read romance earlier than you did. That like, as a, you know, I was so into fan fiction as a young adult, I wish someone had been there to be like, hey, you know what you love about this? Mm. So much of it is in romance, but you get to experience new stories over and over. And I wish I'd made that transition a lot earlier because there were so many books I know I would have loved along the way that are now in this unending stack of books I want to read. And just that, uh, that, you know, hearing, oh, romance is lesser romance you know all the negative things we hear we heard about romance and we do sometimes still hear about romance 
I didn't necessarily buy into it, but I let it stop me from reading it. And I really wish I hadn't. So I'd tell, I'd tell younger me, just go pick up a romance novel. You're going to be so happy. Mm. Um, I wonder what is this chip on some people's shoulder that they feel like they need to tear down like romance or YA or whatever as categories and like diminish it as like, yeah. I, I I'll never understand that. Although I read a quote today that really struck me and it's like once you, something like once you realize that most people's, uh, it's like a projection of stuff they fear, you'll never like take anything personally. And I was like, damn, <laughs> like that's Ooh. probably it right there, you know? <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah. It hit me yeah. deep. I was just like, because, you know, like it's hard not to take offense sometimes when people like react a certain way to something you love or something you're doing it's kind of hard not to internalize it a bit, but yeah, I think that's going to help me reframe it and just like, be like, hang on though. That's probably an insecurity in them or something. Not like, you know, <laughs> we'll have our romance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think also, and I, I don't know if this is just me, like whatever, just saying this, but like, I feel like, and not that romance is a feminine thing, but like, it's a, it's a genre that, obviously a lot of women really love and mm -hmm. rightly so because it's such a fantastic who doesn't love rom like romance is such a, a fantastic genre mm -hmm. and I feel like if it's something that uh, women love automatically it just gets discounted mm -hmm. automatically yeah. it is not important and it's not significant it's not you know valuable for some stupid reason mm -hmm. but I love that it feels like this generation and on, you know, in the next generation are taking account of like, no, <laughs> fuck you. Romance yeah. is amazing. I yeah. love the Swift. Uh, Barbie movie was great. <laughs> and, and you can see like the consumerism has shifted and, and there's value in it because they're saying, oh, wait, no, women are, women can spend money, guess, believe it or not. And, you know, so it's like this. So it's such an interesting thing that it feels like if it's if it's female loved it's automatically discounted mm. and um but it's so special like romance is so beautiful and like and getting to see like queer romance and it's and, so wonderful and romance with people of color it's just so powerful and you know like getting to see your cover is so special um, and I'm sure for so many readers, like getting to pick that up and just the cover and the, and the title, everything, <laughs> but like, Thank congratulations you. to you because it's important. It's valuable. Yeah. Thank you very much. I also love your nails. I've been noticing them the whole oh. time Zoom <laughs> and I just wanted to mention they're purple and they're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. They match your cover very well. They I do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you'll have to take a photo with a copy while you have those nails on. That's got to happen. Oh, I will. I absolutely oh, will. Yay. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, it's not on our question list, but I was just thinking, like, with everything that's happening right now, like, what are you doing for self-care? Like, how do you manage, like, all the pressures of what's going on for you? Um, I was lucky enough to be able to take this week off from my job. So I'm able to just focus on this. And that has made a world of difference, I think. I would have been a bad employee. I don't think I could have functioned. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the time off. Um, I've had dinners with friends and I'm taking like trying to have good meals and like ordering food out and just trying to fit in the enjoyment of it and not let the mm -hmm. stress and the, oh my God, of it 
come into the bubble and just try to enjoy it because it only happens once and I want to luxuriate in this because I won't ever get to fully debut again. So I want to really try to feel it. Yes. Feel it. I love that. I love that for you. And it's exactly what you you. deserve and should do. It should Mm. be celebrated every single second of the day. So I'm so happy for you. That's perfect. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, our time is just about up, um, which is went really fast. Um, But honestly, like, I'm so excited for you and for where this book's going to go. I know like everybody is just going to love it. I mean, people are reading it in one day. So obviously they already are. <laughs> so congratulations. Thank you. Honestly, huge congratulations to you. Thank you very much. This is this has been so lovely and such a highlight of the day. And thank you. Yeah, thank you, you for making the time. Like, honestly, of I didn't course. realize it was yesterday. My time, like <laughs> my ADHD perception of time is non-existent. So I'm just like. Well, for you, it's oh. already tomorrow, right? So yeah. it's technically two days away. <laughs> I'm your future friend. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool that it's tomorrow I that's such a silly thing but like that's really cool thank so. you for thinking it's cool I was gonna say that was really wanky of me to pull that one out <laughs> it's like my dad my grandpa joke for the day <laughs> yeah. she's from the future Melanie's from I'm the future. future I schedule a lot of conference calls so I really respect the Australian time difference it's it's important to make sure that you guys are awake and you are actually able to be human. We don't like making you wake up at like 4 a.m. That's awful. Oh, but I'm quite, I'm quite often up at 4 a.m. actually, so I would be the rare exception. <laughs> ready. Melanie's ready for your call anytime. Everybody's assist- every assistant's like favorite person. 